In our gospel passage, we hear about a man who is blind from birth, and Jesus becomes aware of him, and then Jesus uh, puts mud in his eyes and tells him to wash in the pool of Siloam, and he comes back able to see. That's a wonderful story, isn't it? That's only a very, that's the first paragraph of this passage, and it's quite a long gospel passage today, wasn't it? (laughs) There's a lot in there, okay? I just want to focus on, think about the man who, his uh, understanding of Jesus. You know, at first, he he doesn't even, and this guy just comes up and all of a sudden he can see. And and when they ask him about him, he just says... The man called Jesus. That's how he identifies him. And then a little later, he says he is a prophet. And then a little later, he says he comes from God. And then we hear how he comes to recognize Jesus as the Lord and worships him. And and so we get to see this, this beautiful story of faith of this man who had gained his physical sight, but the real story is how he gains his spiritual sight, how he comes to see Jesus as the Messiah, as the Lord, and worships him. Now, that's the man and his story. Of course, in the story, we also see it doesn't always happen that way either. The Pharisees They just keep getting blinder and blinder, don't they, as the story goes on, okay? So that's another dynamic at work. But I was thinking about this man and the sense of how it took him time to recognize Jesus. And I wonder, um, you know, that pool of Siloam, I was thinking about that, and you can go to Jerusalem today and they have found archaeological evidence giving a very strong indication that they have found what was known as the Pool of Siloam in the Jesus Day. And you can go and visit it. But the insight that I received is to think of the Pool of Siloam as our baptismal font. You don't have to, it's wonderful if you can go to the Holy Land. I encourage it, go for it. But if you can't go there, we got the Pool of Siloam right here, okay? And, and, and you think about it in some beautiful ways. Uh, many of us have washed in the pool of Siloam. We've been baptized. But sort of kind of like that guy, it sometimes takes us time to fully come to know who Jesus is for us. Uh, our discipleship is an ongoing process. And I certainly encourage you, every time you come to church, to bless yourself in the font to recall your own baptism, and as you bless yourself in the name of the Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit, to ask God to help enlighten you, just as the man born blind was enlightened in today's gospel, to come to know Jesus more clearly, to see with the eyes of faith. So that's one piece about the Pool of Siloam and our baptismal font. I also want to talk about when parents bring their children for baptism, and I always have a class with them, 
And in that class, I talk about the meaning of water. Have you ever considered water? What's water useful for? Does anybody here drink water? Good idea, isn't it? What happens if you stop drinking all liquids? You die, okay? Water is necessary for life. And the waters of this baptismal font, that's what gives us life in the Holy Trinity. We become adopted sons and daughters of God. And it's what that last week's gospel about the woman at the well and Jesus promising her living water. He's speaking about baptism, water that will well up in you into eternal life. So that's one aspect of water. Water's for life. Now I'm going to go to the other side of it. Every year I read about how in our very beloved Lake Michigan, people drowned in it, don't they? They're out on the pier and boom, a wave comes up or whatever. That's the other reality of water is waters can be deadly. And water in our baptismal font. It's about death in the sense that when we enter that water, life, the waters, to die to sin, to die to everything that's not loving towards God or self or others. So that's one image of water, of the water of baptism, dying to sin. It's also the way St. Paul writes that are you unaware that you who have been baptized into a Christ, you have been baptized into his death, that you may share in his resurrection, that the baptismal font is where through our baptism we die with Christ so that we may rise with Christ. Okay? So water, it's about life. It's about death. I'm looking around at my other masses. I had some young little babies. I'm looking around. Where's my young? There's a young one there. There's a baby over there. Okay, good, good. This baby actually is going to get baptized this afternoon, <laughs> along with her siblings. And uh, do you wash your baby? You did last night. All right, good. And I'm guessing that you do, don't you? That's one of the functions of water, isn't it? We... We take a shower, we take a bath, whether we're young or old. Uh, washing, baptism is about cleansing. It's about washing away sin. And that's one of the beauties of getting baptized. We have uh, Jude who's getting baptized in is it two weeks, three weeks, three weeks, I think. And Susie, how many weeks? Three weeks, thank you. All right. You know, Jude and Susie, when you get baptized, your sins all get washed away. Isn't that great? You know, some people thought it was so great in the early church, they waited till they were on their deathbed to get baptized. I don't recommend that, all right? <laughs> I mean, if you haven't been baptized before, certainly get baptized in your deathbed, but it's better to do it a little earlier, all right? But back then, they, we hadn't really come to understand the sacrament of penance. That's that beautiful sacrament that that all of us have who have been baptized, and when we discover, well, we're still sinning, well, the Lord still is offering us forgiveness, okay? This little baby over here, it can eat, sleep, cry, 
do a couple other functions too. <laughs> Can that baby sin? No, no, it's not capable of sinning, right? We, we, we have free will, and it's not until we're of the age where we know right from wrong that, well, hopefully we're choosing the right, but we can choose the wrong. What about babies and washing away sin? How do we understand that? Well, we speak of baptism with babies, of washing away the effects of original sin. When a baby is baptized, they enter into the body of Christ. They become God's adopted children, okay? And so they belong to the body of Christ. That's what we are, the faith community, all right? Have you noticed that this world we live in isn't perfect? It's far from perfect, isn't it? They've got a lot of problems in this world. Um, original sin is a way of saying those problems didn't just show up now. They've been with us since the beginning. Do you remember Adam and Eve and the fruit and the serpent? We as human beings have messed up, and we do it individually, but there's this sense of, of this larger sin that we call original sin, that we're, this is this world we live in. But the effects, washing away the effects of baptism, of original sin by baptism, you enter into this body of Christ, you enter into this faith community, and I hope that here, this is a place where we seek to counteract the effects of original sin, that we seek to live out the values of Jesus. Jesus who came to show us how to love God and love one another. Jesus whose kingdom, we speak of it as a kingdom of mercy and justice and forgiveness and compassion um, that's what we enter into and, and the church is meant to be a place where we foster that where we help each other grow in that do we do it perfectly clearly we do not we are sinners but hopefully everyone here is trying trying to live that alternative script that way that's living different than the world but by living by the values of Jesus. And we believe Jesus not only encourages to do us do that, but Jesus is present in our midst to help us through his word, through the Eucharist, through his presence in the believing community. So that's the way that baptism washes away the effects of original sin. We do it by when we gather as a faith community, and you think about it, as a faith community, we worship together, we give praise to God, we care about one another, and we care about the poor and vulnerable in our society, that's the way we live out loving uh, others, and we hand on the faith, we share the good news with others. Does that, what I'm just saying, does that sound familiar? Did it sort of sound like what I talked about last week? I hope so, okay? Because <laughs> that was my intention. Uh, I talked to you last week about the stewardship of talent, and that's the way that, as a faith community, if, if we're going to do the, what the Lord calls us to as our, our mission, to be about worship, to be about caring, to be about handing on the faith, that's something that takes all of us. It's not something that I can do. I, I have my part to play in it, 
but it's something that we're all called to, all to use our talents to help our parish to be about its ministry and mission. And so that's why last week we passed out the Stewardship of Talent forms. And I ask you, each household, to take one home, to read through it, and to consider, pray about it, and consider the ways that you as a household can participate in the Stewardship of Talent this upcoming year. Uh, and, and to sign up for different things. You can put the names of each household member who's going to be involved in different ways. I said that if you weren't sure what each of those things were, we had a, a stewardship directory. They're available in the back of church. You can take that home with you. That tells you what the position is, uh, what's the time commitment, what qualities or are, 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 talents are there, um, who to call if you've got questions. And I said to then... Bring those back here this week, and then I'm going to, in a couple minutes, I'm going to invite you to come forward as a household and to bring these completed sheets and then put them in the basket. We'll offer them before the offer, the, the Lord, that will be there during our Eucharistic prayer as a way of, of returning to the Lord what the Lord has first given to us, our time, our talent, our treasure. Now, if you weren't here last week, or you're here and you forgot to bring your form back, don't panic. We've got some at the end of church, the pews. You can take one home with you. And as I said, just take some time, pray about it, and then there will be a basket in the back of church where you can turn in the stewardship of talent forms next week. If you wish, you can certainly do all of this online. The forms are online. The director stewardship directories online just go to our website okay so i want to thank you for your stewardship and now let's pray together the stewardship prayer that can be found in the inside back cover of your songbook O oh, father giver of life the source of our freedom we are reminded by the psalmist the world and those who dwell in it. We know that it is from your hand that we have received all we have and are and will be. Gracious and loving God, we understand that you call us to be the stewards of your abundance, the caretakers of all you have entrusted to us. Help us always to use your gifts wisely and to teach us to share them generously. May our faithful stewardship bear witness the love of Christ in our lives. We pray with grateful hearts in Jesus' name.